Thank you for listening to the Passion Church Podcast. Our mission is to help you win by living a genuine Jesus-filled life. If you are ever in Cameron, Missouri, come and see us and join the Passion Church family. Visit our Facebook page or our website at passionchurchmo.com to find out more about us. <laughs> if you have your Bible, turn with me to 1 John. 1 John. That's not St. John. That's 1 John. It's way in the back. It's way in the back. 1 John. Let's start with verse 7. Little children. Some of you in here would love for me to come up and just talk to you and call you little children, wouldn't you? Aren't you glad God sees us that way? When I look in the mirror and I see all this gray hair and these wrinkles, I go, thank you, Lord, you see me as little children. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he, meaning God, is righteous. Let's read that again. Little children, let no man or no one deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. Verse 8, I'm about to get up in the middle of all your stuff. He that committeth sin is of the who? Are those my words? Those are the words of the, of the word, isn't it? Those are God's words. He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. In other words, it's his nature. That's what he does. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested. Oh, you're about to find out something here. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested. Why was he manifested? Oh, come on now. That he might destroy the works of the devil. Now, if you're acting sinful, then you're acting like the devil because he, that's all he knows. But Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. That's why it starts off, little children, don't let anyone deceive you. If you're going to be righteous, then you can be righteous as he is righteous, because you are in him, not in the world. Greater is he that is in me than, than he that is in the world. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I think, I think sometimes we get so used to certain scriptures that we quote them without any thought or knowledge of what they mean. But he's telling us something here that's very, very deep and dear to us, and that's simply this, Jesus has already destroyed all of the works of the devil, so we don't have to act like him or act like the first man, Adam. We've been redeemed through Jesus Christ to mimic, mock, and act like the second man, Adam. Y'all look really serious today. Look at your neighbor and say, were you baptized in bad vinegar? For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. John is instructing us, the reader, that if we make sin a habit or a common practice, we then take on the character and the nature of the devil. Back in the 70s, all you young people aren't going to even know this, but all of my gray hairs are with me. 
Back in the 70s, there was a show called Laugh-In, and they had a character on there who eventually had his own show, Flip Wilson. And he had a favorite saying, and everybody thought it was cute and funny. All of society was having fun with it. He, everywhere he'd go, he'd go, the devil made me do it. The devil made me do it. The only problem with that is it doesn't fly in the face of the word because we're set free from the works of the flesh. <laughs> and the devil can't make you do anything, but he might mess with you. Turn to your neighbor and say, you ever been messed with by the devil? Mm, am I talking to the right people at the right time in the right place? Mm. In fact, James, the first chapter, the 14th verse says that every man is drawn away and enticed or baited by his own evil or unregenerated lust or desire. A man is enticed, tempted, teased, lured by his own natural-born carnal nature because it identifies with the God, the pseudo-God, not the real God, but the God of structured society, which happens to be, according to Christ Jesus, the enemy, Slewfoot, the devil. Mm. I'm going to let that hang in the air for just a minute. But Jesus came to destroy the works of the structured society for us to live separately and called apart and called out. But I love what James lets us know. He gives us insight to how we get into trouble. Anyone here ever gotten into trouble? I've been in trouble so many times, it's not even funny. And every time it's because my thought patterns got me into trouble. Anyone here like to fish? How many only like to fish if you're catching fish? Ah, okay. How many of you like to fish for five minutes and when you're not catching any fish, you're done? All right, that's, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. All right. All right, that's all right. <laughs> now think about this. Now, I'm not a great fisherman. I should ought to hand the mic to Christian. But I'll do the best I can. He'll correct me later. But I, I fish on occasion. It's been a while. And when I go to the fishing section at any sports store, even Walmart, I walk down the aisle, and all I see is stuff. Because there's so much of it. And I'm trying to figure out, what do I need? Now, see, I'm just a casual fisherman. I'm not an avid fisherman. An avid fisherman goes right to what he needs. He knows he's tried it. He's, true. he's tried and true. He's proven with, with the stuff that he fishes with. But me, I don't know. There are rubber worms. How does a fish know the difference between a real worm and a real I would think he would know a real worm from a rubber worm. I don't know. I don't know what the difference is. <laughs> Presentation, all right. There's, there's live bait, crickets. You ever try to put a cricket on a hook? Yeah. There's minnows. Sometimes you ought to just take them home and fry them because you ain't going to catch anything. 
There's crawdads, crayfish if you live in the south. Mm. Worms, yes, frogs, oh my goodness. Shrimp, chicken liver, chicken liver. And my personal favorite, stink bait. Mm. Stink baits are good. And, you're, and, and ladies, this is going to really get you. Stink bait all over your hands. Ah. I've come home from fishing, and the dog literally rolled on me. Stink bait. And then make yourself a ham and cheese sandwich. And you wash your hands in that clean wet lake water. And then you eat that sandwich. Mm. We're talking fishing now. And then there's, there's live bait, there's stink bait, like, is it shad? Is that how they say it? You ever open one of them jars? And then, and then you have, like I said, rubber worms and lures and flies that land on top of the water, and you have artificial bait. And it takes a skilled fisherman who's fished the area and the waters and the type of fish he's looking for to know what kind of bait it is that he needs. Because every fish in instinct is the same. They have a voracious appetite and they instinctually act when the desire in them is triggered. Sometimes it's a lure. Sometimes Sometimes we, we use, you know, different types of bait. I want you to get a mental picture of this if we can. Because every man is drawn away and enticed or baited by his own evil or unregenerated desire. In other words, Satan or the devil likes to fish in your mind. And he, like a good fisherman, has studied the type of catch he wants. And he has studied you enough to know what your instinctual habits are and the decisions that you make. And so he knows just what bait and lure to drop in front of you. Because he knows that you will, by the veracity of the, of the hunger inside of you, your carnal nature is never satisfied. If you don't believe me, I'll give you everything you want, and by this time next week, you will be wanting something else. Our carnal nature is always ravenous. And so it's easy for the enemy to trick us, deceive us, entice us with something that looks alluring. He dangles it just long enough to capture your attention. You may be going this direction, but when he drops it and it's over here, you'll come back. Fish are attracted to sound. We always try to be quiet when we went fishing. We always told, shh, you'll scare the fish away. Scare the fish away. Then I found out they're actually attracted by sound. Drop the bait in, here they come. Woo-hoo! It's just feeding time. 
Is that, is that right? So, all right, good. For a second, it was just laying so heavy in the room. I thought, oh, oh, I messed up. Some of them like it. That's why you have top water spinners, because when you're reeling, those things are going floop, 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 across the top of that water, and here comes a bass. Wham! He likes a challenge. And some of us just dangle it in front of us, make a little noise with it, and you've got our attention. And the enemy knows that. And so he drops in thoughts like a lure on a fisherman's rod and reel. The same way a fish is ensnared by a hook, impaling his body by his mouth. And the reason being of his voracious appetite, it is something he desires in his instinctual craving. And a fish needs to eat, but not everything that he goes after is what it appears. And so like a fish who hears a jig on the top of the water and he comes after it and he grabs it with a veracity, sometimes he's impaled by the thing that he was not expecting and pretty soon, even though he's trying to take off in a direction with his newfound treasure, now impaled because the fisherman has set the hook and now he is subject to the will of the fisherman. And no matter how hard he swims in an opposite direction, the fisherman is now in control and he's being led about wherever the fisherman desires him to land. Is this painting a picture for you? So the battlefield for man is in the mind where all of his cravings and appetites originate. And like a fish being baited, the devil baits us with things that we already have a desire for. Mm. Does that mess with you? You mean I have a desire to do wrong? Let me make this very, very clear. Yes. We all do. You were born with it. You've heard me say this on a hundred occasions, but I'm going to say it one more time, just in case you didn't get it. When a baby is born, they're so sweet and so tiny and so cute. I'm so happy about your new, your new great-grandbaby. But wait till that little burger turns two. The moment that little burger turns to, suddenly you find out there is a will in this child. And no matter how much you teach little Johnny to play nice, you play nice with the other children. He's going to clock one of them right upside the head with, with, with a good Fisher-Price toy. Bing! And then he's going to bite. And they kick and they poke and they scream and they throw tantrums. And you know why they do it? I don't want you to miss this. It's going to be hard for you guys. It's because they're your children. <laughs> I'm in trouble now. They're your kids. 
They have your DNA and your nature because you still have the seed of the first man, Adam, in you. That's why we needed the second man, Adam, to come because if I'm left to my own devices, I'm going to live as lawless as I can live. I'll be cruel-hearted. I'll act like a two-year-old in my years old. I ain't going to tell you how old I am. Mm. But it's up there. I will still act like a two-year-old emotionally, mentally. Oh, I'll grow up on the outside, but on the inside, there's still a little boy who wants his way. And if you don't give me my way, I'm going to. <laughs> I'm going to throw a royal fit. Oh, stop it. I don't believe that's the Holy Ghost that prompted you to do that. So like a fish, once hooked, he's pulled around and controlled by the thing that he's impaled on. He moves and he thrashes, but he's dragged around by the fisherman's will. Where his life will end and his flesh will be consumed. If you let the enemy impale you by your desire and pull you around, it's going to end in death with your flesh consumed. Your soul will have led your life from beginning to end. And at the end of your life, all you'll have to show is a very large case of self-willed bratty behavior. Is this all right? <laughs> no one said yes. I just heard truth. Sometimes I look at myself in the mirror, and I think I'm growing up until, until something gets pushed in me, and I realize I'm still a baby in that area. I still got to grow up. Why? Because when Christ brought me out of sin and he made me a new way, he did not take away my desires. He wants me to serve him out of an act of my own will. He wants me to side with him because I desire to side with him and live for him. So he didn't take my will out of the equation. So that's how the enemy can still tempt you if you're wondering why it is that the enemy can put thoughts in your mind and introduces thoughts around you by the demonic imps that hang in the atmosphere influencing our world around us. If you've ever wondered how is it such an evil thought crossed my mind when I'm so in love with God, I want you to know it's because the enemy is still baiting you. He wants you back. He wants to destroy your flesh. He wants you to not succeed in Christ. He doesn't want you to be a 
effective in anyone else's life. So he continues to fish. He continues to use different lures and, what he, and things that used to work. The more I am delivered in Christ, the less they work. And so he keeps trying new baits and he keeps throwing new things out after me, always trying to capture my attention. But I want you to know you do not have to ever be impaled by the enemy again for Christ Jesus came to destroy the devil's works. Mm, is, is this all right? We are headed into revival. Who can say amen to that? Mm. So the picture that John is painting for us is once you are hooked in your mind, your soul, your body are trapped by the pulling of your enemy. His intention is your destruction and the consummation or the consuming of your entire being. He wants to soak you up, overtake you, and control you. There's only one way out of this predicament. His name is Jesus. We've already established that the battlefield is of man is in the mind and in the will and in the emotion. It is in the soulish realm. It is in where his will is. And I want you to understand, it is here in the soul that the enemy sets up a stronghold, the soul being your mind. And the word stronghold uh, found in 2 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, the 4th through the 5th verse, lets us know that a fortress a fortress or a stronghold is a fortress. It is a walled gate, a walled city, if you will, that has been built up that the devil may control and manipulate his victim for the remainder of his life and that he can't see his way past the temptations that keep consuming his flesh. But I want you to know that in that verse, in those two verses, it reminds us that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty to God through the pulling down of strongholds. Strongholds cannot stand when our God, through the power of the Ruach HaKadosh, the Holy Spirit, the Christ in you, the hope, the hope of Jesus is living on the inside of you. You've got everything you need because he's taken up residency in you and he's empowering you that when the devil keeps fishing in your mind and dropping lures that you can turn and look because you have a manna that's so different than what the devil is fishing with that you can continue to swim toward the Lord Jesus Christ. You do not have to be pulled away by your own devices, your own wants, and your own will, but you can stand up and partner with the Holy Ghost and literally destroy the works of the devil. So what is a stronghold? I'm glad you asked. A stronghold is an imagination, a thought, an argument, an unreasonable reasoning. Anything in your heart, mind, or actions that argues against God's word of instruction, leading you into rebellion or sinful action, that is a stronghold. First John 3, 8 tells us that this is why Jesus came to destroy thoughts, arguments, unreasonable reasoning, and anything in my heart or mind or action that wants to argue against the word of God. 
I get tickled sometimes when I watch people in the secular world try to talk about godly things. When you realize and listen to their conversation, they don't know him in the first person. They've not had a true experience so they can sit on talk shows and mock and malign people in the highest offices of our land who do pray, who do seek God, who are looking for God's direction. They mock and laugh and treat them as though they're insane and they're crazy. But I thank God that I've learned that when I try to reason against the word, it only ends in my destruction. And I've learned how to embrace the word. And I've learned how to embrace Jesus. And I've learned how to embrace the truth. And I've learned how to wrap my arms around the canonization of the word. Because this word brings life. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among men. Because this word isn't just printed material on a piece of paper. It is the spirit of the Son of God from cover to cover. This word is about a Savior who was sent into the world to buy man back from his sinful condition that he might have a relationship with his heavenly Father, that he might be brought back into fellowship with him, that he may walk with the Lord as Adam did in the cool of the day in the Garden of Eden. God has said, I'm not willing to live without a people who love me, desire me, long to be with me. I'll come, I'll send Jesus to destroy the works of the devil and nail your sinful actions to the cross through Christ Jesus. And he who knew no sin became sin in my stead and shed an innocent blood for he had never sinned on this side of the veil. That's impossible for you and I because we were born with the seed of the first man, Adam, but he was born of the heavenly seed of the power and the unction of the Holy Spirit as his father gave the command and as he was born and left into the world, Emmanuel, God is with us. I want you to know today, God is still with us. He's still destroying the works of the devil. As far as God is concerned, they're everyone destroyed. Now it's up to me to align with him. John 3, 8 It gives us the why that Jesus came to destroy this evil ploy. That word destroy is the word luo in the Greek language. Luo. Sounds like loophole, but it's not. It's luo. And luo simply means untying or unloosing something. To be delivered, released, or freed from difficulties, burdens, or needs. This same picture is painted in the New Testament by this word, and it is found in several different places. It is found in the unloosing of Jesus' sandals by John the Baptist. It is found in the untying of the colt as Jesus made his announcement to the world, I am the Messiah. It is found in the unwrapping of Lazarus at his tomb. It is found in the breaking of Paul's chains when he was released. 
And it is found in the breaking of the seals in Revelation when Jesus, the only one worthy to break open the seals of time to let us know what the future holds, stepped up in the heavenly realm and broke each seal to let us see while you and I are here waiting for this all to culminate, we have a place that we can look to and get a glimpse of what the future may look like so that we know when the times and the season are upon us. So what if we was to read 1 John 3, 8 this way? For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might untie people from all of the works of the devil. Can I do that again? For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might untie people from the works of the devil. Unraveling Satan's hold on them until the devil works until the devil's works in people's lives are utterly destroyed and his hostages are set free. Can I paint you a picture right now? I should have brought a fishing reel in here, but I know my aim and I would have probably took someone's eye out. So go to the, the, the realm of imagination with me as if I am holding a rod and reel. It's like this. Come on, come on, come on. Yes. When Jesus sees that you're trapped, when he sees that you're impaled, his blood from Calvary is still working. His intention for you is still intact. His word is still as strong today as when it was released. And the promises of God are yes. And amen. The promises of God are given to you to set you free from the works of the evil one. He's, it's like popping your line when a fish gets away. All you can think about is your expensive lure. Oh, I wish I could see in the spirit today just how many lures are stuck in my soul and in my mind from all the times God unraveled me from the devil's intentions. <laughs> I want you to understand that what we have through Christ Jesus is now a life where the devil's barbs have no hook. He can lure and lure and lure, but they have no hook. As long as I stay focused upon the word. As long as my confession is, he's my Lord and Savior. As long as my life is living so that my character day by day is changing more and more and more into the image of Christ Jesus. And the Satan has no hold on me. And he cannot drag me against my will into something I don't want to be drugged into. He used to be able to talk me into things. He cannot talk me into those things anymore. I'm on to his game. I'm on to his game. I know this is a simple message today. I know this wasn't deep and real theological. But sometimes just a simple message is all we need to understand that Jesus came to unravel, untie, to luo the works of the devil. That you don't have to be bound 
if you know the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't have to follow everything that comes into my attention realm. There are thoughts that it from time to time drop into my mind, and immediately I run to God's word. And I say, no, you don't. No, you don't. I know where that ends, and I know where he ends, and I'm going with God. There are times that for a moment, come on, I'm going to be honest with you. There are times for a moment I, I, I'm caught just a second, and then I'm reminded, no, 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 no. That's going to kill me. That's going to destroy me. That's going to put so many complications in my life. No, God, I choose you. I choose you. I desire you. I want you. I don't understand how a person can sit under the power of God's word and, and say no so many times. I'm not here being ugly. I, I, I was raised to believe in him. And he's been the joy of my life and the answer to all the things I couldn't quite figure out. I found out that my good timing friends, all, every one of them ended up in trouble. All the people that wanted me to come and do life their way, every one of them ended up in all kinds of atrocities in their life. And some of them aren't even here anymore. They went out of this life drunk on a motorcycle or lost in a car accident. I, I don't normally go to these kind of things. I don't even know why the Holy Spirit would have me go here. Dying of deadly diseases. Until the last second of their life, they stay obstinate to God. I've drove by, I can't tell you how many countless accidents on the highway, and my heart, my heart says, yes, God. Oh, Lord, please. Be with that person. I walk down hospital corridors sometimes there to see a particular individual, but when I walk by the rooms, I see hurting humanity in so many ways. And my mind says, oh God. The church did the world a disservice for many, many years because we painted it up that if you come and just confess the Lord, just make a simple confession that you're good, you're okay, and you got fire insurance and you're on your way to heaven. But when you read the word in context, that's not the intention of the word at all. The intention is that we come to an all-out sellout. That it stops being about me and it starts being about him and how I can best serve other people around me, love other people around me. Haven't mastered everything, but I'm sure trying. And I want you to know something. The devil's already lost his hold on mankind. It's just mankind doesn't know it. And if, if a man will say yes, really say yes to God, 
He doesn't have to know everything. He just has to really sincerely say yes. And from that moment forward, his life is transformed forevermore. 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 I look over the scope of my life and all of the times that Jesus had to come and untie and get me out of an impaling situation that could have took my life. I couldn't be defiant to God if I wanted to be. He's done too much for me. Dan, I don't know how it is in your story, but had that bullet got you somewhere else, you may not be here today. God was unraveling something because he knew that in 2018 I needed to see your beautiful face. Mm. I don't know about you, but I don't stand up here each week and shout so that my vocal cords will get a workout so I can go home and treat them for the next two or three days. It's a passion born inside that can't come out any other way. It's like standing outside of a burning building and screaming fire. There are some burning situations you cannot run into. Your only hope is that you can arouse somebody who's in the fire to get out. Why not today? Why not today? Why would you stay in a burning place, in a place of danger and certain death and destruction when there's a way out? Why? I've never understood man's thinking when he refuses God. Why? every head bow and every eye closed for just a moment. I know most of you know your life, know you, but I don't know everyone. Nor do I know the secret situations that you may be going through or the temptations or the lures that the enemy is trying to fish in your mind with or the arguments that he's already built in your mind to excuse the behaviors that you live your life governed by. I don't know. And I didn't come to judge you. I came to tell you that Jesus wants to unravel you. Today you're given the opportunity to stay hooked or to be unraveled for Jesus. I chose to be unraveled. I'm going to ask you real quickly. If you survey your life and you're honest, and you would admit, I need to get started on this journey with God. I need to know Him as my Lord and Savior. I want Him to be my God. And I want to get away from the things that are dragging me around. <laughs> 
pulling me contrary to his will. If that's you, while there's no one else looking, would you raise your hand up real quickly? Just right up and right back down. And just say, Pastor, agree with me. Agree with me. Would there be one? One more question. Child of God, you know the Lord. That's not a problem. But the enemy, the enemy's done his best to try to drag you in a different, difficult situation into something contrary to the truth. If you'd just be honest enough, I'm not going to call you forward, but if you'd just be honest enough, raise your hand up and say, pray with me, Pastor. There's a little, a little temptation I'm going through. Thank you, that's honest. There's a little struggle. Thank you. There's a little thing going on in my life that I need Jesus to unravel even right now, today. Would there be another? I'm going to pray with everyone in this room in just one second. If you're streaming live with us, you have the same opportunity as the people sitting in this sanctuary today. If you find yourself being drugged in ways that really you despise and don't like, but you can't seem to control it, then you need to be unraveled by Jesus. And you can do so simply by doing this. Pray with me. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Start unraveling the things that have so confused me and gotten me in trouble. Wage war and kick over the strongholds, those useless arguments and reasonings that keep me bound away from your truth. and Help me to wrap my arms around your truth for the remainder of my days. I want to serve you and I separate myself from the past. And in this moment, I allow you to unravel and untangle me from the sin that has so easily beset me. And from this moment forward, I say yes. And it won't stop with just praying here, but I'm going to start following the word, seeking relationship with my Lord, going to the house of God and finding a place of worship where I may know him in the fullness of his goodness and be filled with the kingdom of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for joining us today. We're so glad you listened to this message today. Our goal is to bring hope, encouragement, and help you win, all while building God's kingdom. At Passion Church, we believe in community. If you would like to partner with us in prayer or giving, then send us a message on Facebook or through our website at passionchurchmill.com. We'd love to hear how God is impacting your life through this ministry.